Hello, and welcome to the CRE with CDC Worldwide podcast. This is your host, Tom Hershey from Coldwell Banker Commercial. And my guest today is Joseph Larkin, president of First Realty, who is here to talk to us about blockchain technology as it relates to commercial real estate. Now, Joe is a commercial and investment real estate broker. He provides brokerage services, expert advisory services, and valuable consulting and valuation reports to his clients nationwide. Joe's core sectors of expertise are both in capital markets and businesses that occupy their real estate. He's a trusted advisor, agent advocate, and expert in financial modeling. He also provides expert witness support in litigations. Joe is also an award-winning professional trainer, lecturer, and educator. He has authored several articles and contributed to several books and publications on commercial and investment real estate topics. Joe, thank you very much for joining us today. Today's topic is one that is of great interest to me personally. Hopefully our listeners will uh, feel the same way, but it's often confusing. Uh, lots of terms thrown out there that you know maybe we just don't understand. So I hope today you can help me and our listeners gain a better understanding of the cyber world as it relates to commercial real estate. So let's get started. How about kicking us off by telling us a little more about what you do? Thank you, Tom. Greetings from Denver, Colorado. First of all, I want to thank you for having me on the podcast and a little bit about me, my background. Uh, the introduction was really right on. I appreciate that. I've been involved with the commercial investment real estate for many years as a broker owner of a number one boutique commercial real estate firm in upstate New York. I'm an investor, consultant, appraiser, author, educator. I get bored quite easily, and so this business allows you to do many different things. As a broker, I work both on the investor side and the occupier side. My primary business is commercial investment brokeraging. However, utilizing my background, education, and more importantly, my experience, I've expanded my business to provide fee-based real estate advisory services throughout the ownership cycle. The ownership cycle is the acquisition phase, the ownership phase, and disposition phase. I train real estate practitioners around the world as a senior CSAM international instructor. I was honored by the CSAM Institute, being awarded the CSAM Instructor of the Year Award on three separate occasions. I'm a proud alum of the University of Denver, where I received a master's degree in real estate and have an appointed position as an adjunct professor. When I lived in New York, I occasionally lectured at NYU New York University. Again, the beautiful thing about real estate is that there's so many opportunities. You get tired of doing one thing, you could do something else. It allows you to do many exciting things, and that's what I find the most interesting about being involved with real estate. Recently, I've been helping commercial real estate broker teams build micro-brokeraging companies. During my own experience in building a number one brokerage firm, I train teams inside my company on a variety of topics. I help them develop, implement marketing plans, and help them with back office operations and strategize with them to be successful as a team in commercial real estate. That's my background. Been involved for quite a while and truly enjoy real estate. Excellent. So let's jump into the conversation. I'm going to start with something like very basic as an intro to everybody out there that's not familiar with the blockchain and, and crypto. In basic terms, what exactly is blockchain? Really good question. And you know, as I search the internet, the internet, there's so many different definitions, if you will, or confusing definitions. I would say, I, I will look at it this way: just everybody has a, a computer or uses a computer. Software and documents typically are stored on the hard drive of the computer. 
there may be a backup drive system just in case your computer crashes or cannot access the documents. Maybe a team member, including yourself, has accidentally erased some data on a file. So maybe your computer was hacked, hopefully not. As I mentioned, I help commercial real estate teams build and expand. On a recent assignment, a team used an Excel spreadsheet to keep track prospects. The team shared the spreadsheet, updating periodically. One team member unknowingly erased data within the spreadsheet and saved it. It was disastrous. It took about three months for the team to kind of figure what happened and how to correct it. If you think about a spreadsheet for a moment, they're storing bits and pieces of information in each one of those cells or blocks. Information is stored in those blocks. And with the blockchain, it stores information across the world of that sheet in thousands of computers around the world, as opposed to saving it on one file on a single computer's hard drive. So we sure did implement a CRM program to keep track of prospects. So really, what is blockchain? Blockchain is a type of shared database that differs from a typical database. It stores information. It stores in blocks and thousands of computers linked together via by cryptography. As new data comes in, it is entered into a new block. Once that block is filled with data, it's then chained onto a previous block into a new block in chronological order. So blockchain is decentralized. So what does that mean, decentralized? Well, it means that it's not on one hard drive. It's on many hard drives. It's simply a database that is stored on thousands of computers around the world. Blockchain is immutable, meaning that as data is entered, it's irreversible, meaning that that person that accidentally erased data on that spreadsheet all right, couldn't do that. So you can't make changes to it. Transactions are permanent, recorded, and viewable to anyone. Different types of information can be stored on a blockchain. Most common use so far has been the ledger for transactions. Now, I got to thinking about that term ledger, and you see that quite often in the definition of blockchain. And you think about an accounting system for a moment. You enter into the general journal in chronological orders, you know, debit, credit, you know, an expense and cash and so on and so forth. Then you transfer that information to a ledger and it separates them into different categories. That's what happens on the blockchain. It's separating this information in different components, just like Excel spreadsheets. Those cells are being stored on different computers all around the world. The Ethereum blockchain implements smart contracts. It's a different type of approach, but we're going to find that as important to the commercial real estate folks and real estate in general across the world. Payments and settlements, identity management, and even things yet undiscovered. It's brand new technology, and it's happening right now. While both Bitcoin and Ethereum run on distributed ledger systems, the blockchain, their purpose is fundamentally different. Bitcoin is to financial transactions. Ethereum is to contract law and business logic, two different types. This is a vast oversimplification, of course, but it provides a basic for the beginning to think about the two. Bitcoin was built from the ground up as an alternative to cash. Primary purpose is to store value, secretly transact on the web without requiring a third party like PayPal. Thus, we hear the term disintermediation. Ethereum is a platform for decentralized applications that run on the blockchain using smart contracts. And that's the key thing our folks should pay attention to, smart contracts, and what they do and how they can impact the commercial real estate industry or the real estate industry. It was developed as a platform that allows peer-to-peer contracts and applications by its own digital currency. Smart contracts 
create a way for logic or conditions to be applied to the blockchain transaction. Think of them as contingencies. So as the contingencies are met, the actual contract is then formulated and finalized and executed. And the digital transaction of the contingencies are met. This is similar to current real estate title and escrow. And I think that the title companies and escrow companies see a possible threat on the horizon. Both Bitcoin and Ethereum are changing the landscape of commercial real estate industry and will do so in the future. All right. <laughs> I think we just created a whole bunch more questions for me. That's awesome. You know, let's back up a little bit. And Bitcoin, we hear of cryptocurrency. So why don't you explain in layman's terms, what is cryptocurrency? I mean, is it like the U.S. dollar? What exactly is it? So cryptocurrency is a digital or virtual currency that is secured by, as I said before, cryptomachy. Yeah, easy for you to say, which makes it nearly impossible to counterfeit or double spend. Many cryptocurrencies are decentralized networks based on blockchain technology. The advantages include cheaper, faster money transfers, decentralized systems that do not collapse a single point or failure. You know, if you think about it, I remember when I was in college, I read a book on the history of Wall Street. And I know a lot of people are, squ- are scared about the cryptocurrency and, and its wide springs and uh, swings in valuation. But that was the, the, if you think about the beginning of, the, of Wall Street and stocks, that, was, that happened back then. And eventually this is all going to calm down to some sort of standardization. You know, the disadvantages of cryptocurrency includes price volatility, high energy consumption, the mining activities. That's a term you'll see quite often, mining. That means people are actually making cryptocurrency. And also what's brought out by a lot of people, criminal activities. There are hundreds of currencies traded a day. Typically, we hear about the dollar, the euro, yuan, and other cryptocurrencies are traded also. The big difference is the full faith and credit of the country that is printing the currency. The main source of value in cryptocurrency is scarcity. So what does that mean? There is a predetermined number that can be mined or created. The maximum number of Bitcoins that can be mined or created is 21 million, a little bit less than 21 million. So now you're going to have a finite number of cryptocurrencies that are out there that can be used as currency in the marketplace. Think about governments. For the most part, they can print money. Right. There is a finite of Bitcoin that serves a hedge against inflation. Uh, a country that prints money could devalue its currency and create inflation. And, and I'll just kind of mention the fact that Karl Marx has said that to undermine a country, you undermine its economy. That's pretty important. I, one time I was teaching in, in Moscow a few years ago, and uh, I was watching some of the students in the class. They consistently move money from rubles to euros to dollars. Here in the United States, we really don't do that. But other parts of the world, that's being done. So cryptocurrency is a currency that has not stabilized yet, but will stabilize and be a factor in the, the real estate landscape. All right. So a two-part question here. One more of a statement. The other question, and let's go back to you just said eventually buying real estate. Do you, do you really think we will be able to invest in commercial real estate using crypto at some point? Yes, actually, you can do it now. There are a number of real estate investment platforms that allow investors to buy fractional interest. 
And I think that could be the future for many investor brokers that are out there is uh, fractionalizing the, the actual property in units and sell the units out to, to actually sell that property. For as little as $500, an investor could buy a piece of an investment property. There are a number of these sites that are out there. You can buy virtually anything with Bitcoin these days, as long as the seller says it's okay. In real estate, it's the same principle. Both seller and buyer must have to be on the same page about the transaction. And as with Bitcoin, cryptocurrency transactions, you'll need both digital wallets to transfer the funds. If you think about your iPhone, there is a money wallet. There's a wallet on your iPhone that you can't erase. Well, that's, uh, they're kind of planning ahead for the future and what's going to happen. If you think about in China, the currency is going away. And most people walk into a store to take their, their portable electronic device, open it up. They have an app. It's scanned. And there you go. The transaction has taken place. Uh, is that transaction you know, in dollars, euros, uh, Chinese currency, crypto? Who knows? It's going to be pretty much open uh, over um, maybe the next 10 years or so. But actually, it's happening now. And they also use Constorian as a currency. Used in these transactions, intermediary could agree to exchange cryptocurrency for cash. It reaches the seller, but again, the seller permission has to be granted for it to be moved. So it's definitely going to, I would recommend definitely to get some tax advice if you're buying real estate using crypto. My concern is that, you know, is there a capital gains when you use the cryptocurrency when you actually buy real estate? So make sure you pay attention and get some really good tax advice. You can buy fractional interest in real estate right now. Platforms such as Fundrise and Realty Mogul or buy fractional interest in a ski house in Vail, a condo. There's a, a platform I came across called Picasso. And what they're doing is they're taking high-end ski houses, vacation homes, they're fractionalizing them into uh, eighth of an interest. People are using Bitcoin to actually buy or cash to buy a, a unit of this. So several sites also provide apartment rentals or platforms for commercial real estate leasings. You know, one of the key things that I've also discovered that, so they call cash fiat, F-I-A-T. There's a fiat on-ramp and a fiat off-ramp. And these are sites that converts crypto based on the exchange rate uh, on the marketplace into dollars. Just like those students I had in Moscow, they're moving money from rubles to euros or dollars. So there is companies right now on the website, on the internet, that allow you to do things like that. So I'm not sure if I answered all the questions, but I'm just saying that in the future, a matter of fact, now you can buy fractional interest using cryptocurrency, and it could be easily converted to fiat or dollars or euros or whatever dollars. And there's over 150 dollar, I should say, currencies that are being exchanged. There's over 150 cryptocurrency that are being exchanged on the open marketplace right now. So we're going to touch on two things real quick that just kind of came to mind. And, and one of them is where you were talking, you know, about the Fed uh, or about uh, Wall Street when it originally started and, you know, other countries where investors purchase foreign currencies back and forth and there are fluctuations you know in the values of those currencies and they often profit off those fluctuations or lose off those fluctuations so you know crypto is a dynamically priced currency the i think it's the top 10 crypto billionaires have just between november and january were down like 27 billion 
in value, which is, you know, anywhere from depending on their portfolio size, 25 to to 50 percent. And then, you know, kind of timely is, you know, the reports about Odell Beckham taking his salary in Bitcoin. And, you know, you talks talked about capital gains. I mean, he's taxed at, you know, a pretty high rate. And so his 750,000 salary at this point is after taxes is down to like $38,000. So given that, do you see crypto stabilizing at some point in time? Or or do you think that these fluctuations that we see within the marketplace are going to come into play when investors are placing crypto or accepting it? Sure. And, and that's a really good question. And nobody knows for sure what that's about. You know, some things that I'd point out, I think when they hit the maximum number of Bitcoins that could be mined or produced or created, that would be one part of the timeline. There'd be no more. There's a lot of speculation on cryptocurrency. And let me share with you a situation that I was involved with probably, I don't know, maybe 15, 20 years ago. So you go to more in British Columbia. And the British Columbia government was uh, selling, doing a sale leaseback transaction. And what that is, is they owned a number of properties that the government occupied. And the sale leaseback transaction is that they will take that property and sell it to an investor and sign a long-term lease with that investor. And so with the arbitrage of converting the U.S. dollar into Canadian currency, Canadian dollar, we were able to uh, increase the returns to 20-25% on those investments because of that. So there's a number of things. You're going to have uh, a number of people involved in the investment sector using the arbitrage to increase yield uh, and people that know about that. But you're absolutely right. Fluctuation is just crazy. I mean, Elon Musk has already talked about uh, accepting crypto. I'm not sure which one he, he's chosen, but I think there's one that he likes the best. But he's already chosen to uh, to use in transactions and selling you know, what he does, you know, the vehicles and parts, etc. So, I mean, it's here. There's no question about it. The problem is, is that it's not stabilized. And getting back to the story about uh, Wall Street and the history of Wall Street I read when I was in college, it was a great book. And there was huge fluctuations in a lot of different companies and stocks. People would stand, you know, on the foot, on, on the stairs of, you know, Wall Street and you know, just kind of yell out selling shares of stock on, on things and it'll fluctuate. And, and that's what happened in you know, 1929. We had the collapse. You know, there are actually companies I found just, just kind of off sidetrack. There was a company that actually would build roads uh, across the United States and people with uh, a car would be they would have to pay a toll in order to drive on the road. I mean, there's so many interesting things that have taken place uh, you know, on Wall Street, but it's became stabilized. And so what's going to happen with stabilization, you have to have some sort of pricing mechanism. And that also holds true with commercial real estate. You know, there's no, you know, the real estate is a fourth asset class and there's no stabilization in, in pricing or analysis. And that's coming. And what I mean by that is take a simple cap rate I believe there's an appraiser down in Texas that actually said there's over 200 ways of calculating capitalization rates. Uh, if you look at stocks, okay, okay, there's one, you know, PE ratio. It's a standardized process. 
So not only does the crypto market have to get in alignment, but also the real estate market would have to get in alignment with, you know, how to measure returns and how to, you know, just like the stock market has done, you know. And and so I guess uh, you know, my, my answer would be it's volatile. I think a few things have to take place. But it's just like, you know, Wall Street, when Wall Street first started, it's the Wild West and people who get in board, you know, at the right time. And I'm not advocating buying cryptocurrency whatsoever. I'm just saying that in the future, it can be used to acquire and buy real estate. It could be used in transactions. When I was in uh, Europe doing some real estate business, the leases actually uh, were tied to the U.S. dollar at one point in time. You know, all the, the office and industrial leases were tied to the dollar, and the tenant had to pay in dollars, not the local currency. Well, that's changed. Now it's euros. All right. Mm-hmm. So I think the dollar has dropped, and, in, 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 you know, in the world currency market, the euro has taken first place. So things are changing. But I do believe that this is going to be a factor. And, you know, I, there's a video that uh, I, I've watched a number of times and I love. It's called, it's on YouTube. It's called, Bitcoin takes Manhattan. It's about these two guys that uh, their their loan was coming due, and uh, the bank would not refinance the loan, and so they raised the money, you know, on with on the blockchain, and they raised it relatively fast, selling units. So it's out there. It's happening right now, and I think people need to either get on it or get off. I, I don't care, but. The real estate industry, the brokerage industry is changing dramatically and will change. So let's talk about a little, you mentioned, I mean, a few times now what's happening in Europe and what's happening in other parts of the world. What's happening in different parts of the world with blockchain and and how important is that in other parts of the world? Yeah, that's a really great question. And, you know, blockchain is a game changer. It's about uh, accessing the blockchain networks, for example, South Africa, South America, I say all of Africa, I should say, has they have finally built an internet access, giving access to many people in those continents. Historically, there are no telephone lines on these continents. This also includes China. I remember being in China in 2002, 2003, teaching at the University of Beijing, and uh, I noticed there was a proliferation of students that they would have their mobile cell phone actually they have it around their neck and they kind of use it they're really proud about having that so i got to talk about talking about uh, that with my interpreter and you know what, when, what was interesting is that there were no landlines you know so this form of communication the, the cell phones has made a huge impact in china and also uh, africa and, and south america so it's a game changer. You know, we take our landline telephones for granted. And I found that uh, this is uh, not the same across the world. So this has really opened up communications for access to the Internet and access to the blockchain. Africa, the world's second largest continent, has embraced cryptocurrency. In particular, Nigeria, it's the most populous nation. They are ac- uh, accessing blockchain networks on their smartphones. There are no landlines there. The internet connectivity of most of Africa, you know, started around the cell phones started around 2000 when they were introduced. For a long time, African countries struggled with the infrastructure problem, making financial services less accessible. Cryptocurrency could therefore be an excellent alternative to traditional banking in Africa. 
Basically, it's only requirements of the smartphone. You have a smartphone. This is where uh, fintech comes into play, financial technology. And we're seeing a huge transformation of wealth in the United States from the baby boomers uh, to, um, to the millennials. The millennials are very comfortable going online, going on the blockchain, going on the internet, and making financial transactions. El Salvador became the first country to make Bitcoin legal tender as of September 7th, 2021. The cryptocurrency can be used for any transactions where the business can accept it. However, the U.S. dollar continues in El Salvador being the primary currency. So we're seeing this around the world take place, and uh, it'll probably take place more in, in, in countries and continents like that. And it's going to take some time to really get through, get to the United States. But it's slowly going that way. There are a lot of obstacles. Okay, so let's talk about disruption and hurdles in the U.S. marketplace. And I specifically, I open that up to you, but I have one question that I think many of our listeners, um, you know, commercial real estate brokerage professionals are going to want to know. And that is, how do you see this impacting commercial real estate brokers? Yeah, right now, the the commercial real estate industry is dysfunctional and inefficient. And I think uh, that's the reason why it's uh, being under scrutiny with uh, with the techies of the world. They're saying we can make this a lot more efficient. And for the most part, I believe people fear this change. This is probably the obstacle that I see, the biggest one I see. And, you know, it's about adoption of this. And nobody really likes change. I think brokers, lawyers, title companies, appraisers, lenders, assessors, state licensing, security laws – all kind of have to get on board with this. I've already mentioned about a standardization of how do you do a DCF and cap rate or how do I you know, do an appraisal or evaluation. You know, and uh, during COVID, you know, it takes something like COVID to make some major changes in the commercial real estate landscape. And during COVID, uh, I heard appraisers were not going into people's homes to take photographs and to inspect. And the actual uh, homeowner would have their personal electronic device uh, using taking photographs with the date and time stamped and also GPS uh, activated. And they would use that as an internal inspection. So I just kind of question, you know, is that going to be the norm in the future and less things for an appraiser to do? But let's kind of look at, you know, title companies. And for the most part, I kind of scratched my head a little bit. and I'm not really sure how or why, but title abstracting isn't efficient whatsoever. And that's the reason why, you know, you, you pay them to do the title work. And I'm not picking on title companies. We pay them to do the work. And then you got to buy insurance to make sure that, well, we didn't do the work correctly. You're covered. We have a pool of funds just in case. And typically they go back 40 years because of typical state laws of bringing forth information that was not recorded. Blockchain can ch- can change that dramatically. If you think about it for a moment, you can actually have all of the assessors actually upload all of the property information into one centralized blockchain. I think there's an island, I can't remember which island it was, got hit by a hurricane a couple of years ago, totally annihilated all of the documents, the land contracts, the deeds, mm. and there's no record whatsoever of that. So this will be a locked-in a one location on the blockchain for all. Just think about that for one moment. All I mean, you can have a closing in 24 hours, you know, because the title searches will be done and accurate. If you don't follow your document, 
you're out of luck. You have to file your document. Those are the kind of rules of engagement. So you have title companies as a possibility of that will be impacted. And they're looking at that really hard right now. Lenders uh, can see this as potential competition with raising debt. As I mentioned, blockchain takes Manhattan. They raised, I think, 32 or $38 million in a very short period of time selling units. So there's competition with lenders. A standardized contract, you know, can you imagine that having one contract, just like the stock market, when you go in to buy shares of stock, standardized contract that is recognized, you know, throughout the United States for purchase and sale of commercial, residential, or whatever it may be. Standardized underwriting is another point. Again, as I said before, an appraiser down in Texas has over 200 ways of coming up a valuation with different with capitalization rates. I like to use what the REIT, Real Estate Investment Trust, what they use, Green Street, they have four cap rates and that's it. And they have standardized underwriting for Real Estate Investment Trust. How about real estate licensing, a national real estate license? You know, so security laws, you know, you get Reg D 506, bringing uh, property to market selling units. I think that's going to be the next step. The future, as a matter of fact, that's happening right now. A lot of brokers are bringing properties to the marketplace, selling fractional interest. Security laws have been reduced down so that the brokers can do such a thing without having a license to do that. Lawyers that write purchase and sale contracts. Uh, I came from New York. And typically, you cannot write in New York City, you cannot write up a contract. Only the lawyers can write the contracts. So you have a standardized contract that would be put on the Ethereum blockchain that would be standardized throughout uh, the U.S. And so if you think about all those things that have to take place in order to see the vision, it's going to be quite a while if, I don't know, if at all. I mean, it's a, it's a territorial thing right now, I think. Real estate brokers are going to have to add value through consultative and strategic approaches. You have to become an advisor with advanced uh, training. And I, I think that's really where the future of the real estate broker, anything that's a process that takes place over and over again, will be replaced using blockchain or AI, artificial intelligence. You know, I was thinking the other day about AI and how that can change, you know, everything we do. Think about a grocery store for a moment. This is happening, I think, in California. I'm not sure, but they just eliminated uh, the cashiers and have more floor space to have more items in, in, in the grocery store. And as you're buying your product and you put it in, you know, it's keeping track of it uh, automatically and, and, and you walk out. You know, so artificial intelligence is a huge, huge, uh, I guess, disruptor, if you will, in commercial real estate. And that will change a lot of things. As a matter of fact, I met with a REIT in uh, Minneapolis and they purchased the exclusive rights uh, of a, a company that created management system without people. They're down in, I think they're in the Silicon Valley. And uh, this company made, made this so that, bottom line, they don't need any humans to manage their portfolio of 6,000 apartments. It's all done with AI. People, AI will actually uh, understand you calling in either your phone number, they will know your voice. It's kind of scary to a certain degree, but it's happening right now. So we're seeing that take place. So advisors, any, any processes that you've taken, you know, that you do, you're going to see that be replaced by AI or, or the blockchain, et cetera. Blockchain provides processes that brokers do now. The future broker, you have to be consulted and not process-oriented. That's interesting. The broker of the future will be well-educated in business strategy 
and understand how to develop a company's workplace and mobility strategy. It's kind of an interesting concept. So I I think that that's where I see where the value add is going to take place and how you do workplace mobility strategy and also develop an understanding of the company's real estate needs now and in the future and how that's going to be uh, impacted with all the technologies coming to play. Broker the future, understand blockchain, cryptocurrency, how they all interact, need to understand how to create and implement real estate strategies that align the company's long-term goals with the real estate. So there's a lot of things going on here that the future of real estate is actually now these things are changing. You know, and so what does a broker do that cannot be replaced? And maybe a robot can do this, but provide property tour site selections, provide both on and off market intelligence. And that's not quantifiable so far on the internet or blockchain. At this point, no technology can't ca- can capture the mood or trends in a particular marketplace. And a really, really good broker knows what's going on. Skill in advanced negotiations. I mean advanced. I teach negotiation classes, uh, workshops, or pretty much introductions. But uh, there's some more advanced stuff that can do. And so a good uh, real estate broker of the future will have some core negotiating skills. As an investment broker, you need to understand how properties are bought to the marketplace using Reg D, Rule 506, syndicating properties. It's happening right now. They focus uh, real estate for your portfolio, and that's their focus right now. And that's um, I'm seeing a lot of properties being brought to market, fractionalized under Reg D Rule 506. Property inspections, you know, with the uh, with the knowledge of construction, would be uh, some core competencies a broker of the future is or broker today. Also, some I'm not making a tax expert, but what are the tax implications for the clients? Add value during the entire ownership phase acquisition and where a lot of brokers miss is during the the ownership phase of real estate and there's a huge market out there for people that are in commercial real estate to add value during that phase and a strong foundation on underwriting using the standards which probably need to be developed so there's a a lot of uh, positive impact and there's change coming down the pipe it's going to be i think a lot of uh, a lot of uh, folks will kind of push back on this quite a bit it's a territorial issue with assessors giving up information. There's some states that don't even share information. But um, these are the things that I see that would have to be done. And as you listen to this, you're probably thinking, well, that's not going to happen. It's kind of interesting. I did this presentation in, in, in North Carolina about four years ago live. And uh, half the people were like, no, nah, never happened. And half the people were embracing, how can I embrace these changes? and change my business model to capitalize on things that are going to happen in, in the distant future. So it's going to have a positive impact on real estate, uh, on, on the U.S., and it's already happening around the world. So you mentioned the REIT in Silicon Valley-based REIT that was using AI for management of their portfolio. Are there other companies that are actively pursuing you know, blockchain technologies right now? Yeah, there, there are a number of them. And, you know, first of all, I want to have a disclaimer. I'm not advocating any company name, but there are a number of them that are using this technology right now. And think about, you know, what's happening when you call up your, your financial group, 
uh, if you're investing in stocks or bonds, even if you do call up, you know, that's all done right now, secured by a blockchain. There are a number of companies that actually are using private blockchain. For example, Walmart is one. They are, uh, they brought all of their information onto the blockchain. So it's real estate companies. It's a lot. It really is. So using your crystal ball that is always accurate as is mine in kind of closing if you were to pick out one or two huge opportunities for this technology going forward i know we you know we talked about contracts we talked about closings cap rates title companies but if you were to say here are the one or two biggest opportunities out there for this technology and application to CRE would would that be well let me kind of give you something crazy i just came across uh, how about a digital ballot box uh, there are companies working to bring blockchain to the voting populace you know, there's a, there's a company I'm not going to name that has launched a unique solution. If democracy was designed today's technology, what would it look like? I mean, there's no erasing, no changing, things like that. So I think to answer your question, I think CRE, uh, commercial real estate and real estate brokers need to up their game, understanding blockchain, cryptocurrency, smart contracts. Also uh, understand there are, there are a number of multiple listing services that are going on the blockchain that I've come across. The opportunity of syndicating real estate and fractional interests, you know, u- utilizing real 506, huge, huge, huge opportunity. And blockchain is here with commercial investment space. It's here to stay. I'm seeing real estate investment trusts. I follow REITs quite a bit because I like to sell property to real estate investment trusts and they're going down buying properties at, at a, as low as a million dollars is a, a REIT that just does that. So, you know, it's replacing the broker because it has its own technology. And so how are you going to add value as, as a broker? And so brokers need to start eliminating the task processes that you're doing every day, or I should say, maybe rethink them and focus on consultation, focus on value add, focus on strategy. And the strategy I always uh, mention to my clients and my job here is to align your real estate with your goals. And that's really what you need to focus in on and how do you, how do you align those? And they are, and they are different between an investor and an occupier. So I think uh, a lot of them are really preparing for this. And, uh, I, I really believe that, um, the broker of the future, and I know, as I said before, that uh, presentation I did in North Carolina, 50% of the people said, no, it's never going to happen. Well, you know, you have an event like COVID take place, and guess what? The real estate landscape has changed dramatically, you know, has changed dramatically. And, um, you know, again, I'd recommend strongly that commercial real estate brokers actually start focusing in on strategy, tactics, and adding value. You know, as opposed to, and, and I don't really want to discredit some real estate agents, but a long time ago, when you sold or selling a house, the listing agent would show up to showings, and, and now I don't see that happening. And you know, and the real question is coming up right now with discount brokers, and why, you know, why is that happening? You know, it's just what value are you are you providing? So, again, I recommend all these things. I can recommend studying crypto, and. You're going to see a lot more of this uh, take place. It's taking shape around the world, but I, I really do believe that uh, in in the not so distant future, whatever that means, things like this are going to happen. Well, Joe, this has been absolutely fascinating. It has 
opened up a whole new world for me personally in really understanding what's going on with blockchain and crypto as as it applies to commercial real estate, but also in general. And, you know, hopefully this will help generate some some great discussion as to what's going forward with our listeners. Joe, how do our followers contact you? Sure. A good way would be my email address is uh, Joe Larkin at ccim.net, Charlie, Charlie, Icemary.net. I use that one for general conversation. My website is jojolarkin.com, J-O-E-J-O-E, Larkin.com. And I've done a lot of business in, uh, in the Southeast. And um, friends of mine in North Carol, Carolina, maybe an honorary North Carolinian. And, um, and so in doing so, they had to change my name and give me a Southern name so every time i go there they call me jojo i'm known as jojo <laughs> in the southeast and, and that's not the real reason the real reason why is because someone has the domain joelarkin.com <laughs> and they're trying to sell it to me for eighteen thousand dollars or some ridiculous number so and i don't see it worth that so jojolarkin.com great way of uh, visiting my website but joelarkin at ccm.net just fine All right. Great, Joe. Thank you very much. As a reminder to our listeners, if you like what you hear, please subscribe to and like the CRE with CBC Worldwide podcast on your favorite pod app. And also be sure to check out our older episodes. Lots of great stuff there. This is your host, Tom Hershey with Coldwell Banker Commercial. Thanks for tuning in.